say, walking through these halls, I've never seen more enthusiasm and more excitement for where Marvel Comics is going this year. Not since Marvel Now have we had such an overarching, line-wide change of talent on the Marvel Comics line. Fresh ideas, new fresh creators uh, really are taking that perspective, which is if you if you haven't read a comic before, if you're an old Laps fan and you want to come back, it's a perfect opportunity to do it because these stories, as I say, they start at start uh, and they're great jumping off points. Hey, how you guys doing? The producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to the Marvel Hacks, our weekly comic book recap show as we go over some um, current comic books and sometimes we have a throwback Thursday with some classic X-Men stories. Uh, we're not doing that this week, no classic X-Men stories, uh, mostly new comics, and we have to tackle a really big new comic book news that dropped in the comic book industry this week. Uh, on the line tonight, I have my two favorite mutants on the line. The line number one is the Sandman. Thanks you are, fellow mutant, so I'm still in the driver's seat for another week. All right, Sandman's there. That's right, he still has a few more days because <laughs> it is Black History Month. We forgot. On the other uh, line tonight, it's, uh, it's mutant number two. It's, it's Brother Peter. Almost free at last. <laughs> <laughs> the oppression is almost over. <laughs> the oppression I'm just is glad February is only 28 days. That's all I got to <laughs> yeah. yeah, we even got short changes on the months. That's that's jacked up, man. <laughs> it is jacked up. <laughs> Don't think that was a coin. That was an accident. No, it, it was wasn't. not. All right. All right. So normally we would go straight into blurred notes and I'd drop a sounder. You'd hear me say, hit my music and whatever. And I might still do that. But more than anything, we got to jump into this thing. Marvel drops news in the middle of the week about another reboot. Uh, it will be the fifth reboot in seven years. Um, this one called, I have to write it down, A Fresh Start. Uh, as the podcast came in, you heard the Marvel people talking about it at the top. Um, their tagline was, new creative teams, new series, new direction, new beginning. Um, you know, a good jumping on point if you've been away from comics or if you're a brand new reader. Uh, if we went back and listened to any of the other <laughs> introductions for reboots, they would probably would sound exactly the same. So, all right, I'm going to try to not be that dude. I'm going to try to not be that dude, and I'm going to I'm gonna take a, 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 not an alternate position, but I'm just going to try to look at it from a positive standpoint because my initial reaction to this was, what the fuck, honestly. So, Brother Beavis, what was your initial reaction to it? Yeah, and just, you know, kind of numb to it. I mean, it sounds a little bit like, Marvel Now, which the tagline was there, you know, they felt like they had gone through so many heavy stories with, like, Civil War and, 
uh, M Day and all that other stuff, where they were like, "It's gotten really dark, and we want this to be comics again." And I think that was a reasonable, like, selling point and a reasonable relaunch. Since then, it's like, you know, I I guess I would just love to hear like the summary of did you achieve what you wanted with the last uh, reboot, and did you learn from it, and how is this different? I mean, it seems like there's been more than five um, in seven <laughs> years, but it's just mm. like just numb to it. Mm. Sandman, uh, I, I think you were the first one to hit us with the text uh, chain yeah. uh, news of this. What did you think? Well, just like Beavis said, no. I mean, you know, how can how can any of us be excited about this anymore? I couldn't believe when you said five times out of seven years. I mean, good God, man, that is horrible. Who 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 would care? Who cares anymore about this stuff? I mean, and you know, I'm I'm a Marvel fan. We are all Marvel fans, and I'm tired of this. It's just it's just bad. They they keep reboot. I don't know, understand the mindset at all. They they don't have any kind of plan. They're just rebooting to reboot to reboot. When every time somebody else either gets in charge or they just want to undo something that they didn't like or something. It's, from what it seems, I don't know. Uh, I don't like it. I'm I just kind of uh, like you. I just said, oh hell no, and just kind of shrugged my shoulders as I shook my head and went on about my business. So yeah, no, that's what they wanted. Um, yeah, numb to it sounds like a very good thing to it, but even still, I was like, you know, we kind of started the Marvel hacks when we changed it over from the Thursday Night Comic Book Show um, to, it was that really at the start of Legacy, which has only been a few months, I mean, really, if you think about it, and it's going to be over in May, um, and I'm going to shout out a couple of people, um, it's, there's a new website. It's uh, Do You Even Comic Book. Uh, you can at them at Do You Even Comic Book. Uh, one of the people that uh, is a part of that is uh, at Task, uh, Ivy, the Comic News. Uh, let's get drunk and talk comics. These guys have set up a website essentially to you know kind of discuss current comics and those types of things too. But also on Twitter at least to have these discussions between comic book fans. And the, the name is Do You Even Comic Book. It's like you know kind of a play like, hey, you know, do you even understand some of the things that we're talking about? Because a lot of people have ridiculously hot takes even though they don't know. So Task does something every month or that he comes out with a, a list of the solicitations. So he came out with the solicitations today about the books that were coming out. And so you can kind of see what the sort of direction of, the of I got to say, fresh start is. And you know, just to kind of go over some of the titles, and then I'll, I'll come back to where my opinion is on this because I'm trying to not be that dude. All right, so we get a new Avengers book. It's gonna the books are. It came out before they were like all the books are going to get new number ones, and then I think Tom Bouvert kind of reclarified is that the books are going to have dual numbering. So it'll be Avengers number one, but it'll actually also be Avengers number six hundred or whatever, something like that, like finding oh. a Playboy. It's like finding the Playboy Bunny on the cover, you know? Okay, there's going to be two numbers on it. So you get the big three of the Avengers and Cap, Thor, and Iron Man, but you also get Black Panther, Captain Marvel, She-Hulk, Doctor Strange, and then the weird one that was on there was Robbie Reyes, Ghost Rider. Does that, go, does that Avengers team do anything for you, Brother Beavis? Um, well, I mean, it's got a lot more sort of of the core – members, you know, like tradition. It's got a lot more of the traditional Avengers. Um, they already said kind of Doctor Strange is a maybe a rotating member. 
and there's almost always a wild card. So, you know, apparently Ghost Rider is that wild card. So I think formulation-wise, I mean, that's how basically all the X-Men teams were built sort of uh, post-Caps, Wacky Quintet, or Quartet, or whatever. You know, they, yeah. they kind of stuck to the formula where there would be some combination of classic members and then somebody new, and a lot of the... You know, ultimately, there would be a story that surrounded that new character that usually preceded their departure from the team. Right. Uh, the, the, the team... Is, now, this becomes the only Avengers book as well. There will not be another Avengers book, which they've kind of phased out during Legacy anyway, where everybody's kind of all in this one Avengers book and no surrender, which we're going to talk about tonight, but that's it. So how do you look at that that Avengers team, Sam? Um, it's it's a mixture of, of old and new, which they've tried before. You know, um, they uh, usually all try to bring them the... the um, Couple of the cores, Hulk. I mean, not necessarily Hulk. Um, Cap, Thor, Iron Man, and you know whoever else. You know, we've seen some X Men thrown in. They have the that whatever they called it, the uh, Unity Team for a while. The um, can't, can't think of any other one right now. But um, I don't know. Uh, Ghost Rider is kind of a, a wild card. Uh, I'm, I'm I am curious how. He joins up with them. I'll, uh, I'll at least check that out just to see that probably. But uh, I mean, I'll I'll check it out just like every other time. I guess. I'm yeah, I mean, you know, I'm sure the Marvel hacks will be reviewing this book. It's not like it's that. <laughs> it's just yeah. you know, it's just okay. It seems like there's no surrender story, which again, which we're going to talk about here um, in a little bit. Um, is going to lead essentially straight to this new team, and that's interesting. And I also see that um, I can't, I can't remember her name. Vector is not her name though. What's her name? Voyager. Voyager. Yeah, she didn't make the cut. Surprisingly, uh, she didn't yeah. make the cut. I don't think anybody was biting on like, oh shit, I got my first issue of Voyager. Get the fuck out of here. All right. Um, Thor is back. It's Thor, the white guy, uh, and it's, it starts with the story of death of the mighty Thor, um, and I know, Sam, and you had said that you've been reading the Thor books anyway. Jane Foster has cancer. Uh, potentially, she could be dying anyway, uh, so the return of Thor in the books, if you look at the solicitations, he has, a, like, a gold arm, like C-3PO, and a different hammer, so... <laughs> whatever man whatever floats your boat uh and, you know yeah. so thor returns it's been teased for a while not a real big surprise correct sammy yeah pretty much what he said i mean we can see the direction they're going into i mean the original thor is coming back and jane foster is either going to depart or she'll be in a coma or something you know she'll be incapacitated at the very least and who knows if this is the original Mjolnir or whatever, but somehow he's got another hammer and he's back, basically. Yeah. So uh, that's the gist of it. Yeah. Brother Beavis, and we talked about this, and I've written about it a thousand times on brotherscomics.com, is the return of the traditional white hero um, <laughs> after Marvel now, and we still are stuck with the Plessy versus Ferguson heroes. So even if Jane Foster doesn't die or we get two Thors, you know, the Mighty Thor and the Lady Thor. And then as we get into Spider-Man here and Iron Man, we're going to have this same discussion, and the Hulk, excuse me, we're going to have the same discussion about the Plessy versus Ferguson heroes. You know, is it? does it even make a difference if there's one Thor or two? Um, I mean, I think I've ranted on this a number of occasions. Like, I don't, I don't think you need three of everybody. Um, yeah. 
I don't, yeah. you know, it's it's fine to sort of come from that book, but I don't know how you can be the same character. You know, I don't know how you can. Well, I mean, they make they try and explain it, but like, you know, you is there a character in the comic right now that there's only one of? Can you think of a Can you think <laughs> of a Marvel cool. character that there's only one of? Um, Maybe the thing. Yeah, the thing. Yeah, um, not a bastardized version of a character. You know, it's like, well, the Patriot is Captain America, since yeah. he's just a black yeah. teenager. Yeah, I mean, there are these bastardized versions of each individual character. And yeah, that's Kitty, yeah. Kitty Pryde. That's Kitty Pryde. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one, man. More than nobody Pryde is enough. Yeah, more than enough. Fucking kitty pride. All right. Um, uh, the solicitations also, uh, Spider-Man's getting to issue 800. Dan Slott is leaving after 10 years of writing The Amazing Spider-Man. Iron Man's getting 600 in May. Um, and then the book is, there's going to be a, a, a sort of a revolution. It's the back to Tony Stark, again, traditional white hero. But you also still have Doom out there who has Iron Man armor and Riri Williams, who I think is shifted to go to the champions. So... Again, like Brother Beaver says, we have multiple versions of the same heroes just on different, and let's be honest, lesser teams. So, um, you know, I, I said this a long time ago, too, is that they painted themselves into a corner with these, you know, female and people of color heroes because once you killed the, ulti- all of the multiverse or the ultimate universe, you couldn't shift them back over there. And anything that you were going to do once you return the white heroes back was going to lessen those characters, no matter what you did. Um, so they're right into that boat right now. And I feel, I feel correct about what I thought, but also I don't feel good about it. Um, so yeah, Bendis is leaving that, uh, issue 600 for Iron Man is where Bendis ends his run at Marvel to go through his exclusive DC contract. Uh, we also have the Hulk. It's still Amadeus Joy. Hulk has two books. It's still Amadeus Joy, but as we'll get to No Surrender tonight, the return of Bruce Banner and that Hulk is back. And once again, it's Plessy versus Ferguson. You know, it's the separate but equal heroes. Do we still get two Hulks? Maybe even three Hulks. Actually, three Hulks with She-Hulk? Or, you know, I mean... I think she's a, the, the Hulk of the Avengers, right? It's uh, she Yes, yeah, it's She-Hulk. Yes, it's She-Hulk is in the Avengers. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Um, Quicksilver's getting a book. Anybody got any interest in that? It's a mini series. <laughs> uh, let's let's just say no. Let's move on. Yeah. Well, Nobody was... back in the Quicksilver was was only interesting for me when he was in the initial run of X Factor after the split, because mm-hmm. I think they, you know, he came in and he was like he was all arrogant and everything like that. But they went into several stories where they sort of explained where he was coming from. And I think he's definitely, he can uh, be fine, but he always seems to get mired in Magneto at some point. And yeah. then, yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, he was a great character in Age of Apocalypse and Astonishing X-Men, where he was the leader of the X-Men and he didn't have any daddy issues. You know, him and his father were close. And since he didn't have any of those issues, he was a strong character. He was able to lead the team without issue. But again, that's an alternate version of him. His current version, even in No Surrender, has been um, whiny little bitch boy. And uh, I can't imagine reading a series with Quicksilver in it. And I'm really worried, uh, not worried, I'm really curious about how he gets the push, Brother B. It's like, what's, where is this coming from? Right. The fact that he's going to be in 
you know, that kind of makes me think that, you know, those rumors about him making a re- making an appearance in, a- in Age of Ultron in Infinity War kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, uh, or he's going to be in the new ex- uh, the new Phoenix movie or whatever, you know. Like, there's just a yeah. weirdness that he's getting a push. Yeah, because, I mean, with the Infinity Gauntlet, you have the power of life and death. So they certainly could bring him back. Um, and then if Marvel now has the X-Men, right, then... Yeah. Maybe they were like, "Well, let's let's milk the best part of this story," or I, you know, I don't know. I mean, now they don't have to pretend he's not a mutant anymore in the movies, right. at least. But yeah. right, you know, yeah, I it, I, to me, it's the the idea that there's like a connection between the comics and and the movies. It's just it's not clear that that's the case. I think the comics have got to be just chunk change, harder to manage, harder to put out and much less margin than the movies. And so back when, you know, I was thinking about, like, these events and things like that. used to be, like, the the first major event, right, Secret Wars was one of the first Mm -hmm. ones. And it was, I don't know if they told us this at the time, but it was exclusively to sell toys. And Marvel, for a long time, that was the way they saw the money was, the licensing for toys. But very clearly now, you can make hundreds of millions of dollars at a time with these movies, the comics, like, don't even matter. And I'd rather that they just let the comics be the comics and be good in their own right, not be super saturated, and just mm-hmm. let the comics and movies be separate at this point. And that's yeah. going to be a part of my rant um, when we get to the um, when we get to my part here. But I, I wanted to get through the solicitations. Because um, I think they okay. have to, you know, they, a lot of times I don't fault the changes and decisions they make to get the characters represented on the screen. Because sometimes it's just too corny or they're playing off whoever the actors are. Um, And it it makes sense and it's fine for the movie. But to shoehorn it back into the comics, that's the part that I don't get. Because you can literally do anything in the comic and yet you're trying to make it like a movie where you do have constraints. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I mean, again, I'm taking a little bit of my rant here. Also... (laughs) One, it's much easier for people to get into the movies than it is to get into the comics, no matter how many times you put a number one on there. The books, even without, with everything that you're trying to do, are still burdened with continuity. So even if you didn't know ish about comic books and you picked up Avengers number one because you like, oh, I see Black Panther, he was on there, I see... Uh, Captain America, I've seen that movie, Thor, and I've seen, like, Robbie Reyes on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I watch all of those shows. You pick up that book, they're still going to hit you with something. You're like, what the fuck is this? And it's not easy to pick up because they're not – they're relatable but not related. And it, they should be completely separate entities to be – I mean, like you're saying, they should be completely separate entities. None of those – they don't need to coexist together. They don't. People that are fans of the movies – generally speaking, are not necessarily fans of comic books. They're just not. And the movie and the comic books appeal to a younger audience who, let's be perfectly honest, can't afford the damn comic books. They just, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, who's, who, I mean, at $4, $5, and oftentimes $6 a pop for a book. Twice a month. They just, yeah, twice a month oftentimes. You just, who's, who's got it? We ain't got it. So, you know, I mean, it really becomes like, you know, I, I don't I don't know who they think they're serving because comic books are really for adults. They're not for kids. And they must still that, be seeing a, a bump on these events 
and mm -hmm. it probably doesn't necessarily affect the average sales across the line. But I don't understand why they feel the need to keep shuffling and introducing new books because when they do have a successful one, they end up screwing it up and turking it anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, what is it they're trying to break through with? That's what I don't get. It'd be one thing if you said, all right, creative team, who wants to do, who really cares about something and who's always wanted to do something? Fine, let's put that book out. It could be the garbagest character ever, but you care about it. You want to do it. It'll probably be all right. If that was the model, I'd be fine with that. But I don't think that's it. No, it's not. And, it's and not. I've made this suggestion for many years now, is that if they're going to do this, they should just make the books like telenovelas and tell the story over a year. Like, all right, I need you all to do 12 issues. That's it. We don't need it to go beyond that because I just need 12 issues. And get me my best creative teams for those 12 issues and to have a story that has a beginning, a middle, and an end, and then be done, and then turn that shit over to a different creative team. Yeah. I'd be perfectly fine with that. Instead and I think of, they're trying. Again, I think they've. I've heard them. I've read where that that's sort of the model, but they don't sell it that way. They sell yeah. it like, oh, those other five times this didn't work, but this is going to be the one. This is going to be yeah. the one. Yeah. And I'd much <laughs> rather see the, the event be a thread through that twelve months of comics across all the books than just what becomes an isolated, delayed event that's barely out before they're ready to move on to the next. Yeah. Thing. Right. right. I, I. I get it. All right. Back to the solicitations. Once again, thanks, Task. Um, Domino is getting a solo book. Definitely, probably, yeah, definitely right yeah. around May, right before Deadpool comes out, and not a uh, real surprise. And here's the one that I saw that I was, like, surprised by. Fucking Falcon is still around in May <laughs> at issue eight. <laughs> like, damn, how did that not get canceled, man? I was very disappointing that it is still around. Um, uh, that's really awful. Um. Yeah, uh, there's a new Wolverine thing as they're bringing the uh, regular Wolverine. I don't know back into the fold. It's called the Hunt for Wolverine. So he's coming back, uh, and it's a, a mini series. Uh, Rogue and Gambit is ending after five issues. Uh, they're calling it a mini series now, which they never did before. But I mean, we, I, I think we said six, so we were right on that too. Um, and then there's lots of books that didn't make it. A lot of missing X books. Uh, the X Force book is gone. Uh, the Generation X book is gone. The X Twenty Three book, the all new Wolverine with uh, Laura or whatever, that's gone. Um, Daredevil is gone. Defenders is gone. Luke Cage is gone. The Bendis books are, you know, uh, gone. Like the Defenders and Luke Cage. Uh, those books are. I oh, know Luke Cage was the best David Walker, but the Defenders book is gone. Uh, the Peter Parker book with the Miles Morales, there had been that talk that they were going to spin him into a completely different book written by somebody else. Remember, I think it was Spy D, where they were going to call it and not call it oh, Spider-Man, yeah. which was god-awful. Um, horrible. Horrible. Um, so, yeah, just, it's a restart. It's a fresh start, as they said. I'm just, I'm numb to it, and, I, and I'm just kind of like, you know what, what's the point? We've been doing these legacy books. We're about to do a shit ton of them tonight. And it's literally like whatever we're going to talk about here, again, it really means nothing anyway. We just do this for entertainment and fun for the people that listen to this show and to hang out with each other to talk about comic books. But more than anything, the events don't have any real lasting repercussions. 
And so if you're doing it that way, then you, honestly, it's really just Archie, to be honest yeah. with you. You're really just yeah. telling stories that are interconnected, <laughs> but at a certain point, you know, we're really just telling stories that are going to be told a different way all over again. It's just Archie comic book. And you know me, I love Archie, but I don't know that that is the overall goal and the purpose of this, you know. And I think Marvel has an issue with their comic books at this point in time. Like, I really do. Like, I think as bad as DC is at movies, Marvel is almost as bad at, at, at some, certain aspects of comics at this point, you know, because yeah. I don't think that they – I don't think they have a, a vision like they do with their movies, and it it is making the product. It, it makes it suffer. That's just my opinion. Uh, go around the room, the brother Beavis. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Who is in charge of comics? Yeah, like who is there? Because you know the cinematic universe has you know people in charge, but really it comes down to Kevin Feige, right? Yeah. Uh, who is his equivalent in comics? The editor. Yeah. yeah. And that's that dude that they hired at the editor, the one that pretended to be Japanese for so many years or whatever. Sabulski yeah. um, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's just not a it's not a good look, Sandman. I mean, it's just not a good look. And I know you you, know, you listen to a lot of podcasts, you read a lot of this stuff. I mean, you probably get a lot more insider information than both of us. I mean, what is your overall thought on this? Yeah, it's uh, we've mentioned this before. I think I've mentioned it before on this podcast. Marvel's got to get away from this. If there's somebody in the corporate world over there that's mandating they emulate the movies, you know, and one in some way or form, and uh, we kind of hit on this a little bit earlier. And you know, it's the strangest dichotomy because the books inspired the movies, and now the movies are reinfluencing the books. So it's this bizarre loop that they're going in, and it's not good for creativity and for um, the comic books and any on any level. You know, there's just somebody up above that says like, okay, well, let's get a push for uh, the the movie and uh, you know write this in here and uh, support the movies with the books, and it's not it's not good. I can tell you that in the Thor book, for example, Loki is Tom Hiddleston. I mean, he looks exactly like yeah. him now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just strange, you know, and, you know, it, and obviously they're doing different things, but, you know, it's just, I don't like this, all this, uh, cross pollination. I think they're trying to do. And, uh, but <laughs> in the, in the, in the end, I think, yeah, it's going to be, the, it's going to be the, I think I texted this to you guys, uh, this week, it's going to be the, the death of Marvel comics. If they don't get a hold of this somehow and get somebody, you know, a, somebody creative that's, can break away from this uh, um, thing they've got going now. It's, it's, it's not good. It's going to no, go. It's going. not. Yeah. And my thought was, too, that even if, like, let's say they keep going, the comics going that way, like, you know, it's going to get to be like a Game of Thrones situation, too, where I was like, all right, we could reference these stories in the comic books to make the movies. Well, the comics that you put out in the last ten years or so, nobody wants any of those stories. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you know what? I really wanted to see, you know, a legacy. Mm, what? Yeah. What book? Yeah, I really wanted to see that new Secret War. Uh, what? Nobody wanted to see any of that stuff. So it's just kind of weird that I don't know. I when I like I said, I heard about it. I was really upset. You know, as much as you could be upset about something that doesn't really matter, I was just like, gosh darn it, that just doesn't make any sense. So, 
All right, whatever. All right, we're good. So we're all thumbs down on this, or just thumbs like well, I don't even care. Yeah, like I got to go find my thumb and figure out, you know, which one. <laughs> I don't. But I, I ain't getting up. It's definitely for it right thumb. now. It's, yeah, it's, it's definitely not pointing up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're sideways and probably pointing down more than likely. Okay. All right. Again. All right. So again, thanks out. Shout out to the um, um, do you even comic book folks. Uh, especially Taz for putting that out. So we appreciate it. All right, let's jump into the books for tonight. Uh, we got a whole list of them. Um, and I didn't. I said it before we started recording. I was like, I didn't even know where I wanted to start. So, you know, anybody want to go first out of a book that you read? I read them all. Yeah, you said we were going to give them their one first. Oh, that's day one. That's day one. All right, DC folks. We are the Marvel Hacks, but we have been reading The Flash. So we are going to jump into Flash number 40. Who all read this one tonight? I read it. You read it? Okay. I kept yeah, it real. real. You kept it real? Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, yes. Uh, if you did not, let me throw a, a plug for the business here. If you did not go back and listen, please go back and listen to our Black Panther recap podcast. Uh we did review the movie, um, and Brother Beaver had an absolute drop-the-mic moment about DC <laughs> Comics. It would be the movie cinematic universe. Holy cow, an absolute drop-the-mic. Woo! All right. So Flash number 40, it's the perfect storm storyline. This is part two. Uh, to recap, Grodd is dying, and um, as a part of trying to heal himself, he, needs to, he wants to capture the speed for, force from the Flash which is the Barry Allen Flash. There are m- multiple Flashes. And, again, this is the, not a, just a Marvel problem. There it's is, a Marvel. Yeah. It's, there's a solid six different speedsters in this damn book. Um, um, yeah, at least. And so he's got um, – yeah, so God's losing his mind. He needs to capture the speed force. Um, he's um, trying to strip the speed force from uh, Barry. He thinks it's his birthright. Uh, he got some nigga name. What's his name? Ron Rainin, Rajan, Rajan. There you go. Uh, who has um, this rod or whatever that uh, kind of keeping Central City? Yeah, lightning powers is keeping Central City at a pause. Um, Flash is like, you know what? If you're sick, I'll cure you. You know, I always want to help you. You know, blah blah blah. But uh, he's like, forget that junk. Guys, like, forget that junk. The speed force is mine. It's my birthright. Um, and so as he's about to take it, Kid Flash and some lady named Avery Flash, I don't really know what her name is, they come in and do a hot tag save, and they take Ragin's, uh lightning staff or whatever someplace else. But, I mean, essentially this is a story where Grodd is going to capture Wally West, or excuse me, capture Barry Allen, ship the speed force from him, and as Grodd is essentially about to kill Barry Allen, um, Wally West comes in with the hot tag save, and, um, you know, he's like, all right, well, you know, to quote a movie from the 90s, you, you got the juice now. He's like, no, you're the Flash. <laughs> yeah, you're the Flash now. And essentially that was the entire issue. Um, tell me what I missed, Brother Pete, or soon Sammy. Um, you pretty much hit on it all. It's like just the uh, the proliferation, proliferation of Flashes in this book is just as bad as what we, the Marvel problem we were talking about. Yeah. Interestingly enough, it, the Flash TV show suffers from the same thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. 
the, the link of a certain African American soon to be speedster, uh, and join the, the eight others that are going to be on that show. So it's not just limited to the uh, comic book. Yeah. So yeah, you got two kid flashes, if I'm not mistaken. You got white Wally West, and you got black Wally West. I didn't know white Wally West was on there now. Yeah, it was, yeah. He's, uh, I don't even know if he's going by Kid Flash. I'm not even sure, but he, he's a Flash. That's all I know. Mm-hmm. And he's in the book. Uh, the Black Wally West is in the book. And I don't even know who this Avery character is. So that, I don't either. That, yeah, I have no idea who that is. There's another uh, enemy Flash that's working for Grodd, female. Yeah. And she's wearing a Black yeah. Flash costume. Uh, yeah, she's in a Black costume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah the book is... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, they're saying the book is full of Plessy versus Ferguson flashes. Those are separate but equal flashes. You know, again, I, I don't watch, I don't read the book enough, and I don't watch the show enough to know why one of them is black and the other one is white. I have no idea, but because comics, you know, and it's just an acceptable moment at this point. I, the other part of the book that I did have in my notes is that Grodd was like, and he mentioned this in, in issue 39 that we did last week, um, that, hey, uh, your life, if you weren't the Flash, you wouldn't be anything. You'd be a nothing burger, essentially, like nothing. You're you're no kind of person. Your life is all wrapped around the Flash. Everything outside of your life is a bunch of crap. And so by taking this from you, I'm just going to strip you down to the essence of being a big loser that you are. I was reading I was reading Grodd's voice and Trump's voice. You're just a loser, you know, the way he was running him down. And, um... Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much it. You know, he gets his powers taken, and that's the end of issue two. You know, um, again, it's not a bad book, and it's also extremely well drawn. Um, so if you like well drawn and comic books, it, this is very well drawn. I like that, and it it reads very easily, um, and it's not like a quick thirty second read though. You know, there's enough going on for it where you can actually sink your teeth into it and kind of have an idea. And they did at least a, a decent version of recapping in case you couldn't remember what happened last time. I didn't have to go back and read the other book to figure out what the hell had happened. So I, I appreciated that. So what do you think, uh, Sam? Thumbs up, thumbs down on The Flash? Uh, thumbs up for the most part, yes. Like, I, I'm not exactly sure why he uh, Grodd needs the speed force to uh, heal or whatever. He's, he mentioned something about a disease only the gorillas get outside of Gorilla City or something. I guess it's... They're going to yeah. go more in depth with the plot later on, but uh, yeah, and uh, because comics, recap. yeah, because comics, and uh, kind of a recap. Grodd kind of gets in his mind and stuff, messes with him and stuff, and Barry basically, uh, well, he gets his powers taken, and then I guess, is, correct me if I'm wrong, did he like transfer his power to Wally, or is he just like deputizing him as a new Flash? Pretty much. Well, Wally already has his powers of the Speed Force, so he just right. took Barry's Speed Force. So Wally, that's, he's just deputizing. Thing. Yes, he's just yeah. like, hey, you got the juice now, man. That's it. You know, yeah. like, you, yeah. you got all the juice. And, yeah. you know, I don't know how long of a story this is. This is something I do appreciate, and maybe this is something, I mean, again, I'm praising DC way too much. Um, <laughs> I do appreciate that they keep their, like, their stories kind of to between, like, three to four months. Like, I, I think a portion of what Marvel is doing now, at least with some of these books, is they're carrying out storylines upwards of six and seven, eight issues, and it's just too much. Like, you know, like, because it becomes filler, which we're going to get to here when we get to No Surrender. But 
Oh, yeah, I do appreciate that. Maybe the team books are a little bit different because there's so many characters and whatnot. I haven't really read, you know, too many of them. And I, you know, we, again, it's the Marvel hacks. We're not going to put too many DC books on here, but this one I thought is pretty decent. It was thrown out there for Big Hutch because he's a big fan. But uh, I've been okay with this. All right, next on the agenda, what you got, Brother Beavis? Um. Well, uh, I think we should. Uh... I think we should deal with this uh, Marvel two-in-one stuff because okay. I think you know <laughs> I think they need a swift correction. I don't think we yeah. can let issue three uh-huh. slide. Yeah. Uh, now we have been evasive <laughs> in praise for Marvel two-in-one for the first two issues. Uh, Jimmy Chung was drawing the hell out of it. The backstory was great. The text chain from uh, well, I think it was on the podcast the other day. Was Brother Beavis was like, uh, we don't need to read and review <laughs> Marvel Two and One Number Three, uh, but we're doing it anyway for consistency purposes. So uh, go ahead. And I think take when they the listen to our, I think when they listen to our podcast, Marvel is like, oh, even Brothers Comics like this, we got a license to print money. Come on, we'll put it. In. <laughs> put Hercules yeah. in the book. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? Uh, let's, let's not put the great artist that was on it the first two issues. Let's put some uh, other motherfucker on it. Yeah, uh, I think really that's what it is. I think he draws the um, the cover, which is even worse. It's like yeah, that's a yeah bait and switch. Like, yeah. So uh, we had up to this point, we had um, the thing was. It, had been informed by a, a, a essentially some technology from Mr. Fantastic that they were outside the multiverse, essentially dead. And everyone had sort of implored him to take care of Johnny because Johnny's a bitch and uh, you know, if bad things will happen to him if nobody takes care of him. And so, you know, Dr. Doom was in the mix. They were going back and sort of uh, brushing up against the original uh, Fantastic Four uh, places and people and things like that. And it was all good. And like I said, I think after the second one, it was like I went back and started reading Fantastic Four books because I, I was like, oh, this yeah. is awesome. I'm and then issue three. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think producer said it right. Uh, like they had, to, they had to have a guest artist on issue three. Um, mm. And good thing. It's not that it's terrible. It's just it was so good um, that this guy, you know, it's a different sort of uh, kind of a, kind of a, a less distinct style, a little more cartoony, less realistic. Um, mm. So instantly disappointing as soon as you turn the page. Anybody? Uh, any, did anybody get that sinking feeling when they started? You didn't put that in the text chain, and then when I opened it, I was like, oh, a guest artist. My, note, my first note at the top is guest artist on book three. I hate this. I can't stand it with a guest artist so early in a run on a book. It is so disappointing. And, yes, it's not terrible like in that regard. It's just not as good as the other two, like not even close. <laughs> And that is one of the selling points of this book has been the art of Jimmy Chung, which has been so freaking awesome. So, yeah, I I, I got, I, you know. And then you have a mad thinker story, which, yeah. <laughs> terrible. It's, it starts off in two two terrible forms, but yes. And then, they, and then they pile on because the next page is Hercules. 
Yes, yeah. Right. Yeah. right. <laughs> yes, they really go there. Uh, so the basic plot of this book, the, the A-line plot is um, they're trying to figure out what's going on with Johnny's power still. And they go visit Hercules, who at some point in time, and I don't remember this in comic book lore, at some point in time had lost his powers. And he was able to get them back. And he tells of a, a tale of this lady that he went to go and visit who helped him. With him, he really didn't lose his powers. He just had to find his chi, essentially. You know, his power <laughs> was within him. Yeah, so. but he had to hug another dragon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he. He take he he takes them out to their to this place and it's the 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 doctor that's running the place is the doctor that was in issue number one where um uh, the thing was accepting an award for Reed um and he's like oh it was you and I knew you were this nerd and essentially she has set up her house to kind of help heroes and villains uh, get their powers back there or restore their powers um you know for a fee. Uh, somewhere ranging between two hundred and fifty thousand and seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, which it was something too, uh, because when she said that, the thing and Johnny was like, "What?" I, I, I didn't know that the franchise before was broke like that. Like I thought, you know, Reed could have stashed away, you know, some money in the in in the uh, the negative zone or something uh, that they could have accessed. But uh, yeah, it didn't didn't work out well, that way. Well, you put money in the negative zone and becomes a loan, it becomes a debt. So, so they've gone through several stories where they did or didn't have money. It used to be like everything he made that he poured into the, like the Baxter building. I and mean, there was a period where the thing was rich. Um, mm-hmm. and, yeah, and I remember. Then, then they lost everything and Spider-Man bought their building. So that, that them either having or not having money has been a Fantastic Four theme. Now, is it? Uh, oh, let me know. rephrase that. A theme from the Fantastic Four, not a Fantastic <laughs> theme. <laughs> yeah. And it, but I thought Sue's family was independently wealthy. I, thought, um, I, thought, uh, I don't know. think they had bring back your powers money. But <laughs> <it's my word. laughs> you would think that they would know somebody that could help them out here. Um, but yeah, so there is a story that where they're with. Um, the mad thinker. He gets visited by Doom while he's there. He wants to know where Reed Richards is, and he has figured out something's going on with these multiverse things. The other ones are out trying to figure out their powers or get their powers back or who's going to get the powers back and how. There's a Hydro Man appearance in there and a little battle with the Hydro Man who apparently lost his powers. The Hydro Man got $750,000, though? Apparently. Jeez. So, um... Yeah, so there's a there's a battle and a fight there, and they defeat the Hydro Man. And yeah, the best part of that that it was like the Doctor gets so pissed at Hydro Man for fighting, he's like, "I'm leaving." He's like, "Yeah, you don't get to go out the front door." And makes him go out the toilet, which I <laughs> Damn. that literally made me uh, do a spit take because um, I was like, "That's rough." <laughs> go out the toilet, um, and so uh, the the overall point of this was. Um, the Fantastic Four are somehow, te- their powers are tethered together. And since the other two are stuck off either dead or in the multiverse, both of them are losing their powers. And so now, as she said, she as soon as they came into the house, she was you know kind of checking their powers, and they're both almost C students. 
Uh, Johnny is at about 73% of his powers as the Human Torch, and the Thing is about 81%, or not about, is 81%. So both of them are losing their powers because they are not tethered to the other two, and that's why they're not as strong as they are. Now, the, the solicitation list, no Fantastic Four was on that list. Marvel 2 and 1 was, but no Fantastic Four books. So, Brother Beavis, we're still not getting this Fantastic Four, at least through May. Which I think is fine, and and I I would be fine with Johnny Thing and two other people as long as that isn't Hercules and somebody that's <laughs> custom made for the story. You know, I'd be yeah. fine for them to run this out, and I would be pleased if they actually laid down a long term storyline and worked it. Yeah, yeah. Hercules. I mean, they've done, they've done that before with the Fantastic Four. How many members have they swapped in and out? It's not like it's a mm-hmm. new thing, you know. But I thought that's what they were going to do, but. Hercules did not make the cut for the new Avengers book, Um, and he is the vanilla big man, as we like to call him. He sucks. Um, He sucks, like, really bad, and we're going to talk about him here in No Surrender here in a little bit, but, I mean, he's just not a good character. Um, He's just pretty awful. So are we thumbs up, thumbs down, uh, sideways on uh, Marvel 2-in-1? Do we need to look at the solicitation to see who's drawing the book next month? (laughs) <laughs> well, they they had a splash page. It looks like it's going back to regular. I mean, I, I think uh, it's thumb, you got to go thumbs down because you have to send the message that this is not acceptable. Um, yeah, they, they had they had a two issue, a solid two issue run, and then just came screeching off to the side. So hopefully yeah. they revert to form. No, no, noted. Uh, yeah, Sandman, thumbs up, thumbs down. You didn't get a chance to read this one, I think. I, I was going through it while you guys were talking about it, and I saw especially the the toilet shot Hydro Man had to take out. Yeah, yeah, that's classic. Yeah, that was that was amazing, and yeah, and right down the toilet with him. Yeah, this is big thumbs down. <laughs> like well, let's be perfectly honest. Hydro Man belongs in the toilet. Um, and to never <laughs> come back out of it. Yeah, he's a terrible character. Uh, I mean, Spider Man's got that whole group of rogues that are just kind of. Completely Spider-Man villain, so it was kind of weird that Hydro Man was getting offense against like the Thing and Johnny Storm. So um, the Mad Thinker, the the end plot of that is the Mad Thinker is uh, losing his mind and he's trying to make himself into Reed Richards. He cuts his hair, he cuts a little the skunk spots on the side too. I'm like, uh, I don't know if I like where this, this is headed. This is how we end up with two Reed Richards, two Mister. Oh, <laughs> oh God! Jeez, we can't even. You can't even get a black Reed Richards? <laughs> that's terrible, man. This is terrible. All right. So, yeah, so that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm thumbs up still. I mean, like I said, when you put the text out, I was like, ooh, it's going to be super bad. It was bad, but I was just, I was probably more upset about the artwork than it than the storyline in and of itself. So, all right. I'm going to take these next two because I don't think y'all read any of these. Uh, again, I'm shouting out Task a lot on this podcast today. Uh, he, he, when I argue with him and I'm using the word argue in quotation marks like about legacy he's always like well because you're not reading some of the kind of the um, I wouldn't call them alternate books but kind of like the off the main path books and he laid me a list of a whole bunch of books that I could and should be reading I'm like alright fine so I took on Old Man Hawkeye based on his recommendation and uh, there's first two issues out uh, well real quick what do y'all think of this did y'all read Old Man Logan or just kind of skimmed it or reviewed it I read the Wikipedia entry on it okay <laughs> that's the best <laughs> one 
Uh, I'm not a fan of the old man character, Logan character. I did read the first couple of issues of that series. Um, it's just not. I mean, it wasn't. It one, it wasn't like fun, and because it's dealing with some really weird stuff and incestuous hawks, and it, it's just weird. You know what oh, I mean? It's just kind of a weird book. So I kind of was like, eh, it's not really into this for me. But I like Hawkeye. The artwork on this is really good too. And so basically, I think this story actually takes place before Old Man Logan, because in the Old Man Logan storyline, he's getting driven oh, across yeah. the country by Hawkeye, who is blind. Yeah. Well, in this book, Hawkeye is going blind. He's not blind yet. Um, he's there, there was an event uh, that took place where uh, most of the heroes are dead, or all the heroes are dead. And uh, who did it is the, the mystery of this whole thing, is about who killed these heroes. And so Hawkeye's taking work where he can get it. He's you know transporting things for some dude. It's Mr. Hammer. It's not Justin Hammer, but somebody in Hammer's family. And uh, they get a, uh, attacked by um, a group of Madrox, uh, Jamie Madrox people. Uh, they get attacked. He shoots them and shoots them with arrows. And he goes nine for ten. The tenth one he misses, and he's like, oh, you know, I'm going blind, whatever. And so he goes to see a doctor. And I sent this, this screenshot to y'all. Like, oh, it's Claire Temple, Brother Beaver's favorite character. got to have for her to do. Um, boy, there's an empty panel over here. What can we do? Oh, we could put Claire Temple in there. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So he wants Hawkeye wants justice essentially, and uh, he tries to get Logan to join him. He can't get Logan to join him. He brings Logan a gift of uh, uh, to help him. Like, hey, join us. He brings him an Xbox, and he's like, I don't want your Xbox. And so I was like, uh, that's a weird product drop. Um, he goes to visit his daughter. Uh, he's married to some black lady. Her His black lady is married to, like, an Ultron or something. I don't know, dude. Whatever. Um, his daughter's full teenager. It doesn't go very well. She sends him off. and like, oh, you come here every five years. You know, I don't care about you, blah, 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 blah. Um, and that's it. And then the, the crime scene of where the Madrox all got dropped, like, he dug graves for all of them. And the crime scene gets is visited by a constable, and the constable it, it when you first read it like you see him he's got like this you know one of those freaking British hats on and his eye is real is red and I was like oh shit it's Cyclops is the constable but it's not it's actually Bullseye and he's there looking for whoever you know he wants to know what had happened and he's looking for the heroes because heroes are essentially banned in this timeline so I mean it's not a terrible book. Um, to be honest with you, I wasn't expecting to really like it or anything like that. It's very well written and it's very well drawn. The second issue kind of picks up from there where the constable bullseye goes out and he kills, you know, he's tracking Hawkeye down. He kills Hammer's family, and, uh, except for his wife. Um, uh, Hawkeye goes to a, a bar uh, that's run by our favorite, dun, 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 Mysterio. Mysterio made it. <laughs> <laughs> He's just one. He doesn't have any the thing on his head. He just has one big eyeball now. So um, he makes it there, and um, Mysterio's running some club, and he's looking for like Hawkeye's trying to figure out who did this. It had something to do with the Red Skull, who killed all the heroes. Uh, you get a flashback battle. You get to say, see that, and uh, uh, Natalie Nat gets killed, which is the thing that really sends him over the top. Um, uh, and he said, "I was, you know." You mean um, the Natasha, sorry. 
and uh, he said Mysterio gives up the guy. He said it's the big man. He works at at arcade joint, uh, like the big man and the little side man. No, all right. So it's the big man that's working at the uh, at some place at arcades, a murder world or something. And uh, he goes, and Constable goes, and uh, Bullseye goes to visit Hawkeye's family. Um, his daughter's like, I don't give a damn about you. I mean, she's full on teenager, hates everybody. Um, and then I was right. The two, the two, the the two story plots that I missed, and then both issues. All right. So the one Madrox that gets away, he, you know, he gets shot someplace, and he's running, and then he falls in a ditch, and he gets um, accosted by. Um, a Venom-like character. I mean, it's Venom. I just don't know. I don't know his what. You know, it's a symbiote. He gets there, and then the symbiote also visits um, uh, the Wet- uh, the Hammer family as well, and it takes host- or takes control of the people that were surviving from that as well. And so you get a Venom visit, and then that's pretty much it. So I mean. I'd say I was, you know, mildly thumbs up. It wasn't terrible. It's a 12-issue limited series. It was on the solicitation. Uh, will I finish it? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I, There's nothing wrong with it to the point. You know, I'd like to see how it ends. You know, again, this alternate storyline is never going to come about. Uh, I don't mind them telling those stories as long as it, you know, as long as old man Hawkeye doesn't wind up on the current day event. That's mm. pretty much all I don't <laughs> need to see. The same way with old man Logan. He should have kept his ass in whatever alternate storyline this is and should have never made his way back. So any interest in Hawkeye's one of your faves, Brother B? Is any interest in that? Um, I might check it out. Actually, I I want to read. I've never read it. I want to read old man Logan because, you know, I, I might need to make more. I might need to make fun of it. I want to make sure I've got <laughs> you know, everything accurate and lined up. So I may check it out. But I'll probably wait till it becomes free on Unlimited somewhere down the road. Yeah. Understood. Okay. So, all right. What about you, Sam? Man, I don't know how where you feel about uh, uh, Hawkeye. Uh, Hawkeye, I'm kind of indifferent to. He's always been like he's just he's a dude with a bow. I mean, come on. Um, I don't, I don't hate him, but you know, I don't actually you know love him either. So, I would be interested in reading it though because I know that that world of the um, old man Logan is kind of batshit crazy. I've never actually read the old man Logan story either of pieced it together through videos and what other people have described it so I got a mental picture of it it's kind of weird I need to read it for myself very weird yeah Yeah, it's very weird yeah you know because of the movie it got so much attention and stuff and it kind of got a second life after that so I think I would do myself to at least read that and I probably will check out this too just to even see if um how that correlates to it, too. At least sounds interesting. I'm doing it that way. Yeah, it is. I, I would agree with that. It's interesting. All right. Let's move on. Um, what do you got, uh, Brother Beavis? What have I missed? We got Captain America. Let's take that one, because I think most of us read that one before we get into uh, the No Surrender, which... Whew, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. Right. so I think you guys started reading this when it came out, and I did not. But I, based on the description, I picked it up. Um, so I read, I read the four new issues. Mm-hmm. I really like the art. I love the style. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I think the whole cap on a road trip. I think it was interesting. Like the first issue, it turns out like he had a tip that there was going to be something, and that's why he went there. And then the second one, he actually is road tripping, but. You know, once people figure out he's on the road, they start gunning for him. Um, 
so you know i don't know how long they if if they if they thought that storyline was going to keep going but it it obviously did not by the time we get to the the new issue yeah <laughs> and from the sounds of things it doesn't sound like it's going anywhere anytime soon either um yeah, this is issue 698. Mark Wade is our writer. Um, yeah, and, and we talked about this and made fun of it, that Cap's, you know, really his secret, his kryptonite is ice. Uh, he cannot <laughs> eat ice, man. It's, uh, whatever you're going to do, man, just throw some ice at him. And he gets captured at the end of 697 after his battle with Craven the Hunter uh, that the Ramparts had hired um, them to, to take on, you know, Craven to take him on. They capture him after that, and then his wake-up call comes uh, in this weird kind of dystopian-type version of the United States. He wakes up. He doesn't know what's going on. There's a, a crew of, my notes says, scallywags um, who kind of wake him up off of ice, and essentially he's in this world where uh, everything has gone to shit again. Uh, everything is terrible. He doesn't know understand why it's happening. He's, when he wakes up, he thinks it's like, oh, man, you know, it was like, how long ago had this happened that he's been on ice? And they're like, oh, he's thinking it's been this really long time. He's like, no, it was just like five years ago. He's like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he starts to lecture him about, like, the declar- or about the Bill of Rights. And they're like, we know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that long. But there was an event called the 40-Minute War that killed nine-tenths of the world's population. And now the... Um, uh, the world is run by Maximilian, Maximilian Baddington or something. He's the leader of the Ramparts. And they have basically taken over the world and then used him as a symbol to take over the world and created a real kind of elite status of people that use the A that's on his uh, helmet as like a symbol. And now they run everything. It's kind of like that scene in, um, I hate to reference this movie, and uh, The Dark Knight Returns you know, where everybody's, you know, living off the high life and not leaving anything for the, the kind of lowly people of Gotham. And that's pretty much what it is. You have this extremely high class of people and everybody else is in the street and anybody that rebels is getting attacked by the ramparts and um, oftentimes killed, which bothers Cap because they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't let him go out and save somebody. And um, that person got killed and Cap was really upset. Like, oh, you never stop me from saving anybody again. And, um... <laughs> I mean, you know, it, I mean, I text, I, like I said, when I texted y'all the first time, I was like, man, this cat book kind of sucked this week, you know, this month after the first three books were kind of good. And now, you know, when I read it again, I was like, actually, you know what, this is actually pretty cool. You know, the book is, they call him the bomb pop, you know, where he's, you know, <laughs> the bomb pop, <laughs> which I thought was pretty cool. And, um, you know, there's a lot of corollary, you know, Nick Spencer got into air quotation trouble about drawing parallels between, you know, the United States now and Trumpism in America uh, in his book. And there's a lot of corollaries in that book from modern times. I mean, you can tell waves landed on pretty thick. And, um, but I mean, you know, the book reads pretty, you know, it's fine enough. Of course, they're going to storm the castle, which I think is the name of the next issue, storm the castle. And they're going to, um, you know, go up against Maximilian. So, I mean, whatever. Brother Beavis, you read it. How was it? Yeah, I I thought, you know, the twist of, like, it's only 2025 was interesting. I was a little bit, like, I feel like the whole secret empire or whatever was, you know, they put him right back in this dystopia. The, the roles are kind of reversed. So that, I'm not sure about that. And, you know, I don't, 
I don't know exactly how this is going to run its course. You know, I kept kind of thinking, like, is this, is he's, like, trapped in some simulation or is this real or something like that? Yeah. The idea of, you know, him being eight years down the road and, and mm -hmm. separate from the Avengers as a result and just being Cap in a new world mm -hmm. is interesting. And, but, I, again, I just don't know if they have the stamina and the vision to actually put together a long-term story. And I don't know how long they can go of keeping him out of continuity. I mean, clearly, he's on the Avengers team in the reboot, so right. how's that going to yeah. work? Yeah, eventually he does have to make his way back to the team. Uh, yeah, and, and I was like, okay, well, we're, you know, it, it has to be a simulation of some sort. And, and you know, I hope they didn't time shift him or get anything like that, you know, because, I mean, he's kind of just been through that uh, in a big way. Um, so that was the joy of the first couple of issues. It was like, oh, it's kind of like, we talked about this. It was like, oh, you know, these simple stories for Cap because he's just been through this, you know, kind of tumultuous time over the last year with the Secret Empire thing, maybe kind of getting him back to being, you know, maybe not fighting world battles quite yet. And, um, yeah, we have this uh, story here. I, I don't know. Sam, did you get a chance to read that one? Um, no, I, uh, I was, again, I was following along while you guys were talking. I, I love the art style. It's for us. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of agree with Dave as far as, like, they throw him in another dystopian world, and, and I thought that was a little, I mean, we're coming off of, uh, all the craziness of Secret Empire, and they're re kind of redoing that. They're almost redoing his whole tenure before he, uh, was frozen, and, well, they are redoing it, and, uh, uh, woke in modern, modern times and uh, uh, joined the Avengers. So they're just kind of yeah. telling that. So, eh, I don't know all about that. Yeah. The, the, the story is batshit crazy, too. So I don't know yeah. <laughs> what the game is going to be. Well, we left out the fact there's talking dogs in there, too. Oh, um, too yeah. yeah, there's some, there's some goofiness <laughs> in there as well. But, I mean, it's fine. All right. The last book of the evening. Uh, it's the Avengers No Surrender. It's been out every week for the past seven weeks. Um, the, I put it as the hunt for more MacGuffins uh, is the subtitle <laughs> for this book. Um, uh, we we didn't review the last issue, and I'm really not going to because nothing really happened. Um, I'm just going to go to, like, um, this is 681. Um, basically... There, there's there's the battle that's still going on between the Grandmaster and the Challenger, um, and and I said the last time we talked about this, you know, the the Challenger really is just mad because he's not called the Grandmaster, so that's why he laid down this challenge so they could fight over who's going to be the Grandmaster, the name of the Grandmaster, and so the two Avengers teams are split out over everywhere, um, and there's like in New Mexico, there's a battle that's raging and on. You got Sunspot. Uh, Scarlet Witch, Falcon, Doctor Voodoo, and then Wasp made a reappearance. But the Janet Van Dyne Wasp, not um, whatever that other Wasp it is. The other one, and this was in the previous issue. Um, Jarvis has what we, they're calling Avengers Fever um, because <laughs> it, yeah, it, it gets worse, nigga. Um, he has <laughs> Avengers Fever because like even though he got a building dropped on him, and that wouldn't have been enough to like make him sick. He has Avengers fever because after all the Avengers, when they come back to the Avengers mansion after fighting people and stuff, um, oh. they you know they had like radioactive stuff on them, uh, like and, like right. Con crud. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he is Con crud. 
So that's how it, why he hasn't been able to, even, even though the building dropping on him was bad, uh, he 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 couldn't he can't recover because they called it Avengers fever. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> side. No, anyway. <laughs> I always knew he was an Avenger lover. <laughs> I swear I read a, I saw I saw a panel in there and Jarvis side eyed like for real? Um, so <laughs> gave me this. So um yeah. He got Avengers fever. They got Avengers fever. We got Avengers fever. They're in love. Alright. So um it's Sunspot, Scarlet Witch, Falcon, Doctor Voodoo, and that, and Wasp—they're fighting over MacGuffin against either the Black Order or the, or the Lethal Legion. Essentially, they all look the same to me. Um, there's a bunch of comic book battle stuff. There's really nothing there, and essentially everybody discovers the plot of like they're trying to get the MacGuffins. That's pretty much it. It's like, oh, the MacGuffins. Well, don't let them get it. Well, we got to get it or whatever. Rogue is super pissed because Johnny—they all think that he's dead because he touched the MacGuffin, and um, so she took the powers of Corvus, like she kissed it Corvus, which I think is in the Black Order, uh, yeah. and uh, took his powers and pretty much laid waste to everybody. It's like, you know, and I don't know, I haven't read these books, and I don't know if there's a, there's a history with Johnny. I mean, he is a, a known horn dog, but also Rogue can't touch people, so maybe when he's on fire, they can smash. I don't really know, okay? Like, I don't know. But she's super upset that he is not, um, like, alive. Like, you know, like, as upset as she would be if Gambit died. I mean, that's basically how upset she is and the ass-kicking that she gave everybody. Um, so, yeah, so she's out for re- revenge. The other team is in Antarctica, which is Rogue, Thor, if not Vector, Voyager, and Hercules. Um, and really, it's just everybody finds out about the game between these two. Uh, we do get the... the um, Voyager origin story mixed in here. And her dad's last name is Vector. So I'm not crazy. Okay? <laughs> so her parents, her, she was a little girl. Her parents are getting a divorce. And she goes in there, no, not a divorce, and runs into whatever scientist machine that he was doing. And she gets the powers of Voyager. And she can teleport people. And that's pretty much it. And she was trained by her dad to whatever. And then she became an Avenger that nobody learned about until three issues ago. This is a bullshit story, right, brother? This, this Voyager. Yeah, this is just, yeah. This, I mean, this is just total bullshit. There was no, there was literally no reason to do this, like at all. I, I and and now again, three months from now, I don't think we're ever gonna see Voyager again, unless she gets killed, which would be great because she is literally useless and pointless at this whole situation. I mean, how dare they almost? Um, so yeah. So, yeah, comic book battles all around. That's basically it, looking for these pyramids or MacGuffins. Um, and then there's a hot tag save, you know, when somebody's about to get one. Um, there's a hot tag save by Haw- Hawkeye. And then the teaser thing from the last two issues, all these green panels. Can he die? I don't know if he can die. I thought I could. I thought he could die, but he really can't die. It's the return of the Bruce Banner Hulk. And you haven't seen him in full form yet. You just see his eyes and teeth in one book. And then his green hands and teeth on another. But, I mean, everybody knows who it is. So, the return of the Hulk, not sure how he's going to shift the battle on this whole thing. I'm sure, obviously, that's going to happen. He's in New Mexico with one of the teams. Does it matter who which Hulk is there? I mean, we already we already have a Hulk, brother. Dudes. 
Yeah, I mean, it's. Remember when it was a big deal that the Hulk was dead? Well, not anymore. Not so, anymore. Ah, uh, not not only that, it didn't really last that long. I mean, yeah, you know, it's just like an endless chain of bait and switch. And yeah, switch back. Yeah, switch, switch back, bait, yeah. And again, it was kind of into booking what we were talking about before. I mean, yes, we we fall for it again, but again, we're doing this for this show. Like, I don't know that. I I, I just don't, I, there has to be a a, a a a line where people are just like enough, like enough already. Like there just has to be. There just can't be a, like, hey, we can just keep doing this and we can keep like kind of pooping on you guys, and you'll just keep accepting crap. Like you know, like like it's like DC movies. Like enough, man. Like I've had enough. Like I've seen the best that you have to offer, and the best that you have to offer is not that great. So is Marvel's uh, rope to hang itself? Is it that long, Sandman? I don't know. I think we're going to find out because, damn, with all these damn reboots and the stupidity of some of these stories, I just, man, I think they're going to reach the end of that rope uh, pretty quickly here because, I mean, we've said it before, they're pissing off a lot of the um, uh, board dealers with their with their practices and stuff, too. That's another thing, you know. It's just mm-hmm. it, They have not been doing well for a while, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I... I don't want to see them go down, man. It's Marvel Comics. This is what the backs of all the things that uh, MCU is built on. It's all those comic books. And I want them to do it right. You know, so, mm-hmm. but, you know. In the meantime, yeah, I got something to worry about because this is not the way. Right. Okay. All right. All right. So we went through a solid number of books tonight. Uh, wrap up the Marvel hacks uh, for, I guess it was like season two, episode four. What is up with your phone, Sandman? Or somebody's phone is really giving us a lot of feedback. So, um, so that wrap that up. Remember, this podcast will be found on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, TuneIn app, um, Brothers Comics Business. We do have Brothers Comics Business uh, this weekend. Uh, I do have a, blah, 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 a Comic-Con Revolution in West Palm Beach, Florida, a solid 45 minutes from uh, my current location, South. Um, a one-day con, Saturday only. I am media-approved and uh, whatnot. And uh, so we'll head down there. Uh, they have a decent guest list. Uh, probably the biggest name on there is Chris Claremont. He is there. He is paneling. Um, I will definitely be inside that panel for as long as he's going. Um, I put in my media request for one-on-one interviews, man. Let's see how it happens. Uh, hopefully it does. Uh, but a few other, you know, decent comic book names that are going to be there. Uh, uh, Joe Eisma, who draws the Archie comic book, is going to be there. So uh, you know how that goes. Uh, but Ron Mars is going to be there as well. Um, uh, there's a couple other people there. I, I mean, off the top of my head, I'm having a hard time right now. Uh, Ming Chen from the comic book show. Uh, from the comic book man, is that that show with Kevin Smith? Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Right. He's yeah, he's going to be there as well. So I'm trying to effort an interview as well there. Uh, a couple of college players want to sit and talk to. So uh, check out BrothersComics.com. Check me out at uh, Facebook, Twitter, etc., 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 etc. You know, at Brothers Comics, you'll be able to find some stuff there. Uh, I'm going to throw a, a big one out to Brother Beavis here. Uh, you don't know about this or whatever. Um, I got approved. We got Brothers Comics got approved for 
what is called Awesome Con in DC, a huge oh, yeah. con. Yeah, we got oh, approved wow. for media for Awesome Con for this year. I can't remember the exact date is. Uh, I know that's a little bit of a journey for you, so I don't know, man. We might have to throw you down there because uh, it's a pretty big con. Um, so we have approval for that one. And then uh, shout out to the people at, at the Megasheen pod, uh, primarily Nick Porter. He is going to go and represent for us at Lexington Comic Con in Lexington, Kentucky. We got media approved for that. He and his partner are actually going to go over there and represent for Brothers Comics at Lexington Comic Con. So we uh Kind of covering a little bit of spaces and paces, spaces and places uh, for some of these conventions, and uh, so definitely check back and get a lot of pictures of cosplayers and all those types of things. So, good jobs, good effort around for everybody. So, um, remember this podcast is part of the Brothers Comics Podcasting Network. Uh, find the show, find your life. Uh, these two gentlemen had a great um, Game of Thrones podcast this past week. If you haven't listened to it, um, it is uh, very entertaining. Uh, so you might want to check that out, uh, as well as our Black Panther review, which these two gentlemen also were a part of this past week. Um, anybody, Sammy, you didn't make it to a third show, did you? <laughs> Not as of yet. It is on the schedule. I'm also late to center. Yes. Noted. Brother B, was only one. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know when I need to see it again. Yeah. <laughs> see when it comes out on DVD <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's it's not a you 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 were right. It's not a fun movie in that sense. Like you're not. It took me a while like, to figure out how I felt about it, but I didn't have to go see it again to figure it out. I, I, I yeah. figured it out. Just like, yeah. yeah, this is something else. This is something different. I wasn't expecting. I I can totally understand. That. Again, that's how I felt about the Tallahassee Coast Black Panther comic book. I read that thing. I was like, I I don't know if this is what I. What is this? Like I don't, I don't. Th- it's not bad. But it's definitely not what I was expecting. And, you know, so it, it becomes like I have to readjust my expectations and my, like, you know, what I was looking for in the book. So, all right. So, yeah, so that's that. So we'll wrap this up as our Marvel Cinematic Music starts to play us out. Uh, Brother Beavis, say sayonara, man. Say goodnight. All right. Come on, March. Just a few days away. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Almost. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> and man, uh, tell them when they can find you first. By the way, Sam. Uh, as always, you can find me at Sandman four one five on the Twitters. I'm always on there. Uh, drop a line anytime. And uh, yeah, that's basically it. Okay. All right. I and mean, that's right. Brother Reeves is in the ether. You need to get him. You know, get at me. We'll get to him. All the. You know, we'll get to him some way somehow. All right. So as well to wrap this up, uh, I'd like to say goodnight, and we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.